0: Hey friends, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this message today. Everything that the Lord shows me is designed to impact people's lives and advance the kingdom in a mighty way. My prayer is that you would be so blessed and so rooted and so established in the more that the Lord has in store for your life. And remember, stay fired up. So today I'm going to finish part four of my series titled Wonder and Hunger. I've been teaching on Wonder and Hunger for the last three weeks, and today we'll actually conclude the series. It's Wonder and Hunger, part four. The main point of my message this morning is that signs and wonders have a very unique purpose in bringing people to a place of fascination, contemplation, and decision. Signs and wonders are designed to fascinate us, to cause us to really contemplate, what we're seeing and, experience and then experiencing, and then ultimately bring us to a place where we make a decision. They're designed to demonstrate his greatness, his goodness, his glory, and his power that makes the lordship of Christ very real. So I have a great little story of a doctor that uh, has visited Rock City Church on and off. It's been a while since he's been here, but I know him through the coffee shops. And he had wrestled for a long time in and out and really believing and trusting in God comes on a Wednesday night during a super, super normal, natural night. Wednesday nights are the nights that we typically go after the more of the Lord. For those that are hungry and want to experience his power, we pray for healing, we interpret dreams, we prophesy, we do the things that Jesus did. What we don't want to do is just give lip service to it and not actually do it, right? Right? Don't you get tired of just hearing about it and not actually seeing it and doing it yourself? Right? And so it's not going to happen until we make the effort to actually do something. You can't just sit around and hope for it to happen. God's looking for people that will get up and do something. And so he came and something incredible happened. We had a prayer line. We needed people to come up, To some men to come up and help catch people because people were being touched in the presence and power of God, and a lot of times their, their knees get weak or they get woozy or whatever, and they feel like falling out, and sometimes they do. It doesn't happen all the time. We don't push people. We don't make it happen, but sometimes it does. So we needed some men up here. This doctor came up, and this person that was getting prayer started manifesting a demon. It happens. Some of you have never seen it. Some of you don't know a lot about it. It's everywhere in Jesus' ministry, by the way, and it's very, very biblical. The problem is, is a lot of us have either seen it done unhealthy or people do it in an unhealthy way to make it a show. But Jesus cast out demons publicly to teach people so that they could observe and see for themselves the power of God being demonstrated. So we're not out to make a parade. It's not a show. It's not a carnival, right? It's not an animal show. But when it does happen, it's not that we're afraid of it. We want it to be be revealed to people. And so this person started manifesting. They started, they hit the ground. They started wriggling and writhing and contorting and doing all this weird stuff. And then the demon got cast out. And then this doctor finally says, man, I really realized one thing that I'd been wondering for a very long time. And now I got it. Jesus is Lord. And he came to the conclusion and recognition that Jesus was Lord by seeing the miraculous finally being done in front of him. Okay? And so, God wants to make his lordship very clear. And he uses signs and wonders and the miraculous to do that. Okay? But the end goal, the end goal, is that all creation, expressly the human race, would respond in surrender Worship, adoration, freedom, and love. Wonder must bring a response. You can't just sit and observe, you can't keep sitting on the outside and looking in, at some point, you got to dive into the river. You can't just keep watching it rush by and hoping for God to do something in your life. At some point, you say, I am getting wet and I'm going headlong in, not just tippy-toe at a time. Now, we'll take you tippy-toe at a time, but sometimes you just got to dive in and go for it. And this is a place where we can help you do that. So signs and wonders can come and appear in various ways and at various times and even God's people are considered to be signs and wonders. And that's what Isaiah said. And I'm not going to pull the scripture up, but if you read Isaiah eight eighteen, he said something really powerful. He said that God had made Israel, the nation of Israel, a sign and a wonder to all the other nations. So every time they would advance into the promised land, the people that they would encounter before them had heard God's fame and reputation had spread by what he had done in his people. So, the, so God's people in the Old Testament were actually considered signs and wonders to the nations. Now, the Old Testament is full of divine encounters with God that were clear signs and wonders, full of them in the Old Testament. I mean, there's so many, right? The most recognized and recounted biblical experience re- regarding signs and wonders in the Bible, new and old, and in particular, the old is the story of God delivering his people out of Egypt. And God wanted the story of Passover and how God set the captives free through signs and wonders to Pharaoh to be told from generation to generation. And that's why we, we celebrate it, in a sense, the resurrection Passover, the, or Easter, but really it's Passover and what the sacrificial lamb is. Jesus is the Passover lamb, was crucified. Just like Passover, he is the capital P Passover lamb, the Bible says. And we remember it every single year and we teach it to our children. And all throughout the Old Testament, every time God did something miraculous, he would say, set up this monument or bring remembrance or teach this to your children so that generation after generation after generation will not forget what God has done. From direct encounters before Pharaoh, his wise men, sorcerers, and magicians, to the ten plagues that ultimately brought freedom to the Israelites. You, sh- you guys should know this from basic Bible study if you ever went to Sunday school or if you read the stories. And we do teach it here in our children's ministry. And I try to intertwine these types of messages into my messages, but you've got to read your Bible to know these stories. And I know a lot of you don't know them all. And a lot of times I may say something, you're like, what? I, I don't know. Where is that in the Bible? But there's some fascinating stories. One of the coolest stories regarding signs and wonders is God says to Moses, you're going to go set my people free. I'm going to send you back to Pharaoh where you came from. And Pharaoh says, well, how are they going to know you sent me? He says, well, let's have a little training session. He says, follow my lead. Grab your rod, throw it down on the ground. So he throws the rod on the ground. It turns into a serpent. Moses freaks out and runs away. (laughs) I'm paraphrasing. I love these stories, right? I'm fascinated by them. He really does. He freaks out and runs away. So God brings him back. He says, "Pick, grab the snake by the tail, pick it up, and turn back into a staff." Now put your hand in your bosom. He puts his hands at, by, at his stomach, something like putting his hand here. Pulls it back. It's leprous. He says, "Do it again." The leprosy's healed. He says, now if Pharaoh doesn't believe you, I can give you a third sign, grab a cup of water out of the river, pour it on the ground, and the water's going to turn into blood. These are three signs for the showdown that you're going to have with the sorcerers and the magicians. I I mean, I love this kind of stuff. I love the fire on the mountain with Elijah. I love Simon the sorcerer getting born again. I mean, these are the types of things that are like right up my alley, okay? You got to get fascinated by God's word. And so, of course, you should know the story. I mean... Hopefully, you've seen The Prince of Egypt. I actually cried during The Prince of Egypt. I know it's a cartoon, but I cried. I mean, I just really did because it's so real to me, you know. I mean, if anything, watch The Prince of Egypt. If you're not going to read your Bible, watch the cartoon, okay? All right. And so God brought the ten plagues and ultimately the children Of Israel were delivered out of Egypt. And you know, the story goes on to the Red Sea. They were hemmed in. God comes. Moses raises his staff. And, you know, they march through the Red Sea. And so from the Red Sea to Mount Sinai to the Jordan River and Jericho, from fire on the mountain to a never-ending fire on the altar, from the tent of meeting to the tabernacle, where the cloud of God's presence would descend in glory for everybody to see. God was constantly Showing himself off, right? I love it. From manna from heaven to countless manifestations. From getting into the promised land to the promise of this land today. God has revealed himself and demonstrated his power supernaturally over and over and over again and again and again. Miracle after miracle, story after story. And imperfect people after imperfect people. God would always remain true to himself and the covenant that he made with his people. God's a covenant God. And when he gave his word, he means to keep it. And he's a miracle working God. Never ever forget that. The list of miraculous signs and wonders to demonstrate and deliver His people is long, deep, and wide. Can you imagine if I tried to cover it all today? There's just no way. Really, this is more of an introduction to signs and wonders. This is just like a little teaser. This is like a little tiny taste to get you fascinated again. Because when wonder comes back into your life, you suddenly get hungry. When you start to believe in the supernatural, then suddenly you start to want to know more about it. And we've got to Talk about signs and wonders because signs and wonders have happened to all of us and then now God wants to make you a sign and a wonder. Daniel 4.3, how great are his signs and how mighty are his wonders. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and his dominion is from generation to generation. Daniel 4.3, we can pull that up on the screen. So his signs are great, His wonders are mighty, and his kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and his dominion is from generation to generation. Both the Old Testament and the New Testament talk about signs and wonders. You can find signs and wonders in both the Old and the New Testament. In the Old Testament, a sign is a signal, a distinguishing mark, a banner, a miraculous sign, or a warning, and it's also an omen. How many of you know what an omen is? Now, I'm not talking about the scary movie, The Omen. When I was a kid, I did not want to watch that movie, okay? I'm not talking about that. An omen is an event regarded as portent of good or evil. Now, you know I like to teach you guys some new words, right? Here's a new word for you that many of you may not know. It's the word portent. Not important, portent. The word portent is a very unique word. It means a sign or a warning of something significant in the future that is likely to happen. It's a sign that brings proof and evidence and reveals the standard of who God is and what he can do. It's hidden in the word omen. Okay? So an, an incredible example is the promise of jo- in Joel chapter 2 where he talks about in the last days he's going to pour out his spirit and then... There'll be uh, wonders in the heavens and signs on the earth that are going to show you right before the great and dreadful day of the coming. And the dreadful for those that don't know him, incredible for those that do, yeah. okay? Yeah. So God would bring signs and wonders as in a sense, and he would show us in advance through what would be known as an omen or a portent that's revealing an event that's likely to happen. That's what a sign does. I'll give you a simple example. Not long ago on the Oso Bay turnaround, there were no flashing lights or signs that there was a quick turnaround coming. And somebody from out of town in a heavy, dense fog, you guys know how dense the fog can get here in Corpus Christi, was, had gotten onto the feeder road and was just flying, thinking that it wasn't going to turn and couldn't see, and ran off the, the road and died. So after that, what did they do? Now there's some flashing signs and there's some reflective signs and there's a guardrail there to let people know this is likely, in fact, 100% sure you better slow down because what's in front of you is a sharp turn. And so God has a way of bringing these signs or these portent or omens in a sense or warnings or signals or beacons like a lighthouse. A lighthouse is an incredible example of a sign. So is a flag. Offshore ships have bare flags representing the country that they're from. It's the first sign people look for to know who they are, right? So God would have all these signs to demonstrate himself as a signal or as a banner, like a cloud by day and a fire by night. Following the cloud of his presence, the ark of the covenant. There were so many things that God would use in the Old Testament A wonder is a miracle. It's a a beautiful or splendid deed. Everybody say a beautiful Beautiful. or splendid deed that displays God's power. So when a wonder happens, it's miraculous and it's splendid and it displays the power of God. But there's a purpose for it. And I'll show you that in a moment. In the New Testament, there are similar breakdowns but a little bit different. And I love these definitions. You know, I like to give you definitions and break things down for you to help you get a better understanding. Are you guys doing all right? Are you enjoying this? All right. Just sit back and relax. This is a fun message. It's a fun message, okay? In the New Testament, wonder is something so strange or fascinating that it causes you to pay attention, observe, and watch closely. Now, have you ever seen anything that's just so oddly strange? Like, I love watching on natu- National Geographic some of the deep-sea ocean exploration shows. I'm just blown away by some of these fish, some of the jellyfish, the things lighting up, the luminescence of, of plankton. I'm fascinated. When I was a kid growing up in Miami, we used to go down to the ocean at night, and there was this one particular bay uh, by Biscayne, in Biscayne Bay where I would go in at night, and I was doing a few other crazy things, too, when I was younger. But we would go jump into the shallow water and frolic really crazy with our hands, and the whole, all the water around us would light up blue and green. Some of you have seen it on TV. Some of you maybe have done that. But what happens is the phytoplankton has all this luminescence. When stirred up, it shines blue and green. It's fascinating. And I'm just intently blown away by so much of God's creation. I see a lot of strange things that cause, I mean, I like to dream like a child. I like to see my children discover new things, and I love to teach them new things. Don't you? Don't you love to show something new to a child that they're just full of wonder? I mean, it can be the simplest things, things we take for granted, like my instruments. I have thunder drums. I have lightning drums. I've got all kinds of bells and whistles and all kinds of trinkets because that's a picture of fascination for me. I love different sounds, world music, different noises. I'm fascinated by them. And what makes those noises and sounds. And if I had my way, I would have this whole stage filled with world instruments. I mean, I want about a hundred more. I just need the money to get them. I, got, I mean, I got $900 drums on my mind, $1,000 drums. I mean, things from all over the world. I'm just ready to go for it. <coughs> and so, to wonders observe and to watch closely. To observe and to watch closely, especially when you see something unusual or that's out of the ordinary course of nature. That is what a wonder is. And a sign is also a really unique word in the New Testament. A sign is a mark or a token that distinguishes a person or a thing from others. How many of you know what the word prodigy means? Now you've heard child prodigy, right? And so prodigy means that somebody has unique qualities and characteristics that differentiate that person from, something else, from everyone else. They're super brilliant. They're super talented. They've got, you know, you know, five-year-olds playing Beethoven on a piano. You know, they're child prodigies that do all these crazy things. But did you know that when you get born again, God makes his people into prodigies? Here's why. Number one. The creator of the universe and his spirit now dwells inside of you. Number two, all of his his fascinating attributes and everything he is and what he wants to do, he now does through people. And so the Holy Spirit that's dwelling inside of you by faith can be manifested and revealed in a way that makes you a prodigy. In fact, if you are born again, you're instantly a prodigy. You don't have a baby Jesus living inside of you. News flash. Jesus, here's another news flash. Jesus isn't a baby anymore. Yeah. He grew up. Okay? So when you get born again, you're instant. you know why? Because you have to be a prodigy. You have to be separated and sanctified and uniquely different so that you're no longer like the world. You don't get born again and still stay the way that you were. You get transformed and become a new creation in Christ, right? So now I must look different, sound different, and act different than the way that I once did. So now I'm distinguished from the world. You cannot be a Christian and continue to stay and live the way the world does. You must come out from among them. You must come out from among them. Da, 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 I just feel like dancing all of a sudden. You should too. Yeah. Because God takes the old you and he transforms you and the failures and the shortcomings and the misleadings and the misguidings and the deceptions and the using and abusing everyone else for your own personal gain because it was all about you. He kills and crucifies, transforms you, and now you become a prodigy or a token or a sign and a wonder or a portent or an omen because now I'm declaring the coming returning of Jesus Christ the King. I will now become a sign and a wonder. Yeah. Got it? Woo! Woo! so you're a prodigy here's the lie of the devil you're a little old weak no good insignificant never going to get it if you don't get this thing that he's trying to accuse you day and night that every day he wants to make you feel less than because you're not good enough because oh and he'll use all kinds of lies oh you're sick you don't have enough faith what's the matter with you see god doesn't care Oh, you've been going to that church for so long and they don't even, you, don't, you never even met with the pastor. You never even got a, a moment's notice. They don't even recognize you. They don't care. Yeah. Isolate yourself. He works so hard to get you isolated and disconnected. And if you don't understand that God wants us to have community and the hand, cannot say to the foot I, that I have no need. If you don't understand those basic principles, you will, you will get deceived into believing a lie and he will get you isolated. Ins- he, will, he will make you insignificant. You're not, but he will make you to believe it. And you will live an isolated lie outside of God's kingdom, community, promise, and covenant. Woo! Yeah. Shaka! <laughs> that means I'm really fired up today. <laughs> All right, I just interpreted tongues for you. So check this out. In Acts ax- Chapter 2, the Holy Spirit comes. You guys should should know the story of Pentecost. Pentecost hits three times. I want to tell you three times. This is Acts 2.19. Three times Peter says the word signs and wonders. The first one was in the context of the coming of the promise, as mentioned in Joel 2.28. Now, this is fascinating for me because just 50 days prior to this day, what happened? Who can tell me what happened 50 days before Acts 2? Jesus was crucified and resurrected. So 40 days, Jesus resurrects and he walks the earth for 40 days. You guys remember that, I've taught it, but some of you may have forgot. For 40 days after Jesus resurrected, he walked the earth. On the 40th day, he says, I'm checking out, love you, high five. I'll be sitting on the throne. You'll actually be there with me. But while you're here on earth, I'm gonna send the promise of the Holy Spirit. So 10 days later, which is fifty days, which is where you get Pentecost. Peter stands up and starts preaching all of Joel chapter two in the gospel. But what was he doing fifty days before? Anybody know what Peter was doing fifty days before? He wasn't sitting at the foot of the cross. I can tell you that right now. He wasn't having a prayer movement at his house. He was at the bonfire, the public bonfire. You think that you're so insignificant and inadequate? Jesus resurrects while he's walking the earth. He restores Peter. And now Peter, the uneducated, the unlearned, the not so religious, not Paul, Peter, stands up and quotes. And he starts saying, this is that. Everybody say, this is that. Holy Ghost comes on him. And he says, this is that, which was uh, prophet prophesied by the prophet joel and he says signs and wonders so god's going to show signs and wonders portent and omen that god's coming back right then in acts 222 he says Jesus' ministry was full of signs and wonders right i mean the things jesus did can you imagine we're going to have the rest of our lives to talk about it just that alone There is not enough time in your life to study this Bible. You do not have enough time. That's why you can't waste your time. And the enemy wants you to get fascinated by being amused and entertained full time with the cares of this world. TV, Facebook, social media. How much time do we spend diving into God's word compared to focusing on the things of this world? And I'm not telling you that you have to be imbalanced, but I am telling you you can't be too spiritual. And I am telling you that you don't have enough time to not dive in to learn more about God's word, but you're not going to do it until you get a wonder in your heart. Because when you start getting fascinated and wondering, that's what I'm producing in you right now today. For many of you, I want you to walk out of here and go, man, I got to know more. More and more of you are taking notes and you're studying and I have people calling me from other states saying I've been listening to all your messages online and it's just rocked me. Because once you get a wonder, once you get fascinated, people are coming to this church because they're hungry for more. Because they're longing for the presence and power of God to be revealed and to be used to do it. And I'm telling you that if God could use Peter 50 days after the public bonfire and walking for three years with Jesus, he can use you. So Jesus... A man attested by God. There's so much in what it means to be attested by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs. Now you know what God does is he uses you to be attested. He attests to you to now bring signs and wonders and miracles to others, and that's where Acts 2.43 comes in. So Jesus preaches what happens. 3,000 people inside. I want that kind of anointing. I mean, I want to just preach publicly with no PA system, which they didn't have, the time, and I want to see 3,000 people instantly get born again. They get born again, they start praying, they start following the apostle's doctrine, and then you get this scripture. Suddenly, fear came upon every soul, and what? Many wonders and signs were done through who? Now, what does an apostle mean? The simple definition of an apostle is a sent one. Now, Matthew 18.28, the Great Commission doesn't go eeny, meeny, miny, mo." You should write that down. That's a great little saying right there. The Great Commission is for who? Everybody. He doesn't selectively pick out some, so he sent everyone, which means that I believe everybody should have an apostolic nature inside of their heart to go and take territory and that's why rock city church is named with an apostolic name the city built on the rock right and we're apostolic by nature because our focus is to get you so fired up that when you walk out of these doors you do something you got to do something you if you're waiting for the power of god to just miraculously appear it's not going to happen get up and go I'm telling you, you got to stretch. pray for somebody somewhere. Pray for the person at Stripes or Dollar General. I don't care where you go and what you do. Prophesy. Love people. Get out and believe in yourself and who Jesus is in you. Your purpose is much greater than the simplicity of just raising kids, having your little job, and a comfortable lifestyle. Matthew 18, 28 is for every one of us, and it's go into all the world, make disciples of all nations, baptize them, and then teach them to be disciples, and guess who's going to be with us always to the end? Jesus is the great commission for everybody. So the apostle Paul made it clear that you're going to know when an apostle is among you that the clear definitions of an apostle are three things. And the first thing has to be first. First has to be first. And the first thing is all perseverance. And after all perseverance comes signs and wonders and mighty deeds. It's 2 Corinthians 12, 12. The sign of an apostle were accomplished among you first with all perseverance. Let's just pause there for a minute. Everybody say all perseverance again. Let me tell you what all perseverance is. All perseverance is when it seems like all hell's breaking loose. And you don't understand what's happening, but you're trusting God. All perseverance is when the boat's rocking, you're not thinking, man, I'm gonna drown and die, but actually if Jesus is resting in the boat, then I'm gonna learn to get and rest. All perseverance is when your kid can't breathe and you're struggling and sick and you're going through hardship and difficulties or you lost your job or finances are tough or difficult situations are knocking on your door. All these hardships and perseverance, you're suffering for Jesus' name. I teach on that a lot because that's certainly part of perseverance. But the point I'm trying to tell you is In Ephesians 6, it makes it very clear. Paul makes it very clear, having done all. Having done all, you still stand. Everybody say I'm still standing. You're still standing because you're here today. You're you're breathing and you're hearing. And I know you've been through it. Let me tell you, I feel like a lot of times I'm in the ring with Muhammad Ali week in and week out. You don't The stuff I go through, maybe it's because I'm a pastor. Maybe it's because of the future. But you know what I know? Everybody here has got a destiny and plan and future. And the minute you stand up to rise up to do something about it, it's game on with the devil. And if you don't understand that the devil hates you and wants to kill you, and you don't start getting militant and start getting into the word and getting disciplined with your spiritual lifestyle, it's always going to be less than. And you can't sit around and say, where are the signs and wonders? and miracles i hear about in africa or reading the bible if you want to have those happen in your life you got to pick yourself up open your mouth dive in get disciplined because there's something about righteousness and there's something about living holy and there's something about being sold out and sanctified and when you make that decision he's coming right at you you know what mighty deeds is? It's dynamite. Yeah. Look it up. It's what it is. It's dynamis is the word. It's explosive, creative power always and at all times. And I'm going to tell you something. There are times I don't feel like I have the power. There are times when I'm up all night, like last night. I couldn't sleep. My son was coughing. We've been in the trenches. I have been sick. I've been battling this respiratory thing. Put me in the ER. I mean, it's been going on weeks and weeks and weeks. We're tired. We've been just battered, Battered and battered. But you know what? At the end of the day, here I am. And the enemy tried to kill my wife and me when we were kids through asthma attacks. And the enemy's tried to come through so many different various ways and outlets to get me discouraged. And it's tough and it's a struggle. And I don't always handle it the best way. Sometimes I get edgy and frustrated. And I have to repent a lot of times for the way that I even speak to my own wife because it's not the right thing to do. But I got the Holy Spirit. I'm not. And it's not like I'm overly acting out, but I'm not loving her the way that I should. But God in his grace and his kindness and his mercy. And in the midst of it, I'm still speaking to that sickness because I know the authority that I have. And I know that I'm not backing down because I'm committed for life to her and my family and the kingdom of God and the devil knows it. So he's going to try to work on overtime. But I'm going to trust. And I'm going to pray. And I'm going to stand. Having done all, I'm going to stand. And I'm going to put on the full armor of God and I'm going to understand that God has given me an offensive strategy. He didn't give me anything for my back because he covers my back. I don't have any armor for my back i can't see what's behind me but god covers my back and then he gives me brothers and sisters to see where i can't see and then we pray for each other and every step of the way i'm sending out text messages to the team leader saying pray 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 this is going on and now suddenly a prayer network's going on and if you didn't know this church has a first responder team you get in the hospital for any reason at any time you need to call this number 361-423-0222. 361-423-0222 and we will send somebody to the hospital to the best of our ability and I need a lot more people cuz I don't want anybody being going to the hospital ever alone it's a horrible experience and you need to know you got people on your side you got people watching you're not alone but the enemy will work hard to isolate you, separate you, think this church doesn't care. It's all about money and growth and seats, and just like everybody else. That's a liar. Pastor David, he doesn't, he doesn't care about you because he doesn't make the time. Let me tell you, I'm in a world of diapers and babies and family, and they come first before my coffee shops, before this church, before this ministry, because I'm not going to look back and say, Oh, man, I, I was there for so-and-so's cousin at the hospital while my son was sick in bed. It's time that we grow up and it's time we start walking in all perseverance and it's time that you make a dedicated effort to stop being isolated and get into relationship. I've never done it right before. I don't know what it looks like right. We've never even done this before. This is first time, not even three years into it, in this spot and God is doing something supernatural. And if we don't unite and get together and walk in the fear of God and the comfort of the Holy Spirit, this thing will get destroyed. But if you will rise up with all perseverance and stop listening to the lies of the enemy and getting yourself isolated if you'll stop those things you're going to see explosive mighty deeds signs and wonders because remember the signs and wonders and mighty deeds came when after all perseverance because the going gets tough and people doubt the it gets so hard that we want to throw in the towel sometimes and give up and quit and god can handle that i want you to know that god can handle that but it's time that we start rising out of the ashes of doubt and despair, and stepping into the place of victory and promise and comfort and hope and authority. Amen? So, God loves to manifest and exhibit Himself. How many of you know what it means to manifest? <laughs> Some of you know what it means to manifest in a real bad way, right? <laughs> I mean, when it gets ugly, it gets ugly. <laughs> Don't come around your house when you're manifesting, right? The simple word for the, the simple understanding of manifest is to exhibit and demonstrate and to show off the goods of what you have or the bad of what you have, right? So manifesting means an exhibit or a display. You ever been to an exhibit, an art exhibit? You ever been to Sam's or if you were in a Costco in another city and the knife guy's there or the pot and pan guy, how about the food networks constantly exhibiting, <laughs> exhibiting their food and how to make something? If they're manifesting a skill or manifesting an attribute or manifesting a nature of who they are, what they are, and what they can do. And that's what God loves to do. And so in 1 Corinthians 12:7, there's this powerful word that you must remember. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for what? Now, this word prophet means to benefit you. So if God manifests out of me through my preaching, you should benefit. If he manifests in the prayer line, you should benefit. If he manifests through you at any time, anywhere, it should benefit you and the people around you. So signs and wonders and the miraculous are all designed to manifest, not be a display of myself. So God wants to manifest for the profit of who? Just a few people? Everybody. Now, if you study out the Scripture, the direct context of the Scripture is the manifestations of the gifts of the Spirit. And there are all kinds of awesome gifts. I mean, prophecy, signs and wonders, miracles, uh, healing, tongues, interpretation of tongues. There's a whole bunch of them, and they're all supernatural. But when God manifests, and particularly in verse 10, it says miracles. There's actually people that have the manifestation of, of miracles in their life i want to be that guy don't you want to be that person now once you start wanting something happens i'm just wanting to create a want inside of you who wants to do miracles i do it's just that simple i got to figure out we have to figure out how we're going to do it i know i got a full-grown jesus i got the holy spirit but i start studying the word and then i start doing things and i start believing so God works miracles. Jesus did so many, from raising the dead, the multiplication of food, healing, deliverance, to his own resurrection. Jesus truly set the standard for signs and wonders. I mean, if you want to figure out how to do it, just try to do what Jesus did. I mean, that's a really good start, right there. Wouldn't you say? I mean, you want you need an example? Follow Jesus. Just just start doing what Jesus did. I mean, there's a good start. But Jesus handed the baton to us now. And you know, I did it by his spirit. Everybody say, supply and work. This is a great scripture you really need to know. It's Galatians 3.5. What's awesome about this scripture and in the context of it is that the Galatian church, Paul came through on a missionary journey to Galatia, and then suddenly... Through miracles and signs and wonders, and there's scriptures that talk about Paul being full of signs and wonders, through the miraculous, their their work began. But of course, the Judaizers and even so-called Jewish Christian believers were coming and trying to tell them to go back to the things of the law, circumcision and other things. And they were actually being bewitched. I taught a little bit on that last week. But I love this scripture because it makes it very clear that the... the He who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, he does it through the hearing of faith, not the works of the law. But what I want you to know is that the Holy Spirit supplies and works, and it's continuous. So you have the Holy Spirit that's constantly supplying and working in your life. It was through signs and wonders and miracles that so many of the churches in the New Testament began, even this church. This church was birthed, really. The story is going to be in a book because how we got here is incredible. And what has happened in such a short time, we are now becoming a sign and a wonder. You are a sign and a wonder, I'm telling you. So when God manifests Himself to someone, it's designed to see them respond and become. A wonder has to make you respond because God wants you to become sons and daughters, and everything he has in store for you. Now, I'm going to share one last story with you. It's a story from the New Testament. And I'm going to conclude with a very important scripture when it comes to experiencing signs and wonders in your life. And I want to tell you that when God does a sign and a wonder, it's designed to cause you to want to partake of him. Okay? A great example is food. I talk a little bit about that, but, I mean, I like sushi a whole lot. One of the things that I really... Some of you don't like sushi, I know that, but just hear me out. (laughs) I'll use another example, but in the sushi context, whenever I go to a new sushi bar, I love to order something I've never gotten before, but what I really love about sushi is the display when I go to a good sushi restaurant of how it's displayed. I love the sauces, the different types of seafood, the different vegetables, the rice, the way it's made. I mean, presentation is a huge part of sushi, and on all kinds of food, Italian food, Greek food. I mean, I love to look at the presentation of food, but can you imagine if you just look at it, right? I mean, okay, let's, let's switch over to some of your big carnivore meat eaters. We like, we like, I like going to the New Burger Bar, the Grub Burger Bar. I love all the different burgers. I love it when the burger came out with, you know, toasted blue cheese crumbles and bacon and the burger was thick and juicy and the bun was toasted. And I mean it was just dripping and man I'm talking fresh hot fries. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> what are you getting a picture here? Now, you can't just sit there and stare at that burger, right? So God wants you to partake of it. God. Maybe not. I'm not saying God wants you to take of the burger. I'm saying God wants you to partake of his goodness, which we'll talk about that. I mean, he wants you to probably eat the burger too. All right. <laughs> now, what am I saying now? Okay. Let me just read this story to you. This is a great story. What I really want you to notice in this story is the result of the person that got touched and the result of the people that witnessed it. Notice those two things in this story that I'm about to read to you. It comes from Acts chapter 3. This is right after Acts chapter 2. This is, this is Peter and John performing the very first New Testament miracle. Okay? Peter and John. Acts 3 verse 1. Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple. So this man from his birth was lame, meaning he was disabled. He had something going on. He couldn't walk, and so he couldn't make a living. And so he was carried to the uh, gate of the temple, the gate called Beautiful, to ask for money, and he was a beggar. Now, we have people that do that here. We're in a place where there are homeless and transients, This morning, I saw four or five people in our parking lot before I came to church, was up early. There's a lot of people that pass through. And a lot of people that sit at our doors, some come in, some choose to stay out there. Now, we don't want people asking for money here for various reasons. One, we've done as much as we can to help them. And some of them just keep working the system over and over and over again. If you want to help somebody, go buy them some food, go get them something, but don't enable whatever's going on on the left just by giving them money. Okay, And I teach that here, and I, I would ask you guys to please respectfully do that. We give clothes away, we have a benevolence ministry, and we do all that we can to help them. And we want them to come in here. I want what happened to this man to happen to the men that come here. Okay, But it doesn't always happen. On Wednesday night, a guy came in. He was intoxicated. Some of the guys come in. They're high. They're intoxicated. They love the atmosphere and the environment. They love me. They want to be here at first, but they're coming in belligerent, disrespectful. On Wednesday night, we had a guy. We started yelling at one of my ushers to look at a new tattoo on his back. And another usher said, look, you can't be pulling your shirt up and doing that. And the guy turned around, cussed him out right there loudly in the back in the middle of service. And I got families and kids coming in with, with babies. But here's what I want to tell you. I can't tell you that's not going to happen again because we welcome people to come in here that need Jesus Christ. And what am I going to do? Not let them come in? When they come in, it gets messy. You just have to understand this is a ministry that reaches all walks of life, and we're out to get anyone saved, so you teach your children, not isolate them. And you're going to have to trust my ushers, and you're going to have to trust that we're going to be secure and that I've got the right men. And that's why men and women, we need to double the size of our usher team and our parking lot team because what's happening in this church, we're on the move and there's we're making waves in this city. And all the good, the presence of God draws the good, the bad, and the ugly. And you need to understand they can all come. Witches, Satanists, and atheists, can, the, the, the head sorcerer of the city should walk in this church and get born again. Let the drug dealers and the traffickers come because that's the harvest and they're going to walk in here thinking they may disrupt and they're going to get born again but if they do get disruptive, if they do get disruptive then we're going to have to ask them to leave and we've done that and you're going to have to understand that if we usher somebody else because we know they're not here for the right reasons and it doesn't always look good and sound good and it happens right in front of everybody else but that's what a church does when they're out to reach everyone prepare yourself for it okay and so this guy's begging for money at the temple every day Here comes Peter and John, verse 3, about to go into the temple, and he asked them for money. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. Everybody say, look at us. You know why most people don't evangelize? Because evangelism causes people to look at you. And if you have shame, fear, and even certain sin patterns in your life, it'll be really, really hard to tell somebody, look at me. And that's why God wants to purify you, sanctify you, make you a prodigy. That's why God wants to get you living a righteous lifestyle so that you're not afraid to look at people and say, look at me. Because you have a testimony. And most people don't evangelize because they're afraid to have somebody look at them, right? But Peter and John weren't, and they said to the man, look at us. So he gave his attention expecting that they're going to get a handout, right? Verse 6 says, and Peter said, I don't have any money, silver and gold I don't have, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and he lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he noticed the response to the man that was healed. He got up, leaping, he stood and walked, and where, where did he go? Into the temple with them. And he was walking, leaping, and praising God. That's the first response when somebody gets transformed and touched by a supernatural experience. You're going to walk, you're going to leap, and you're going to praise God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Then they knew that it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. I love that word, wonder and amazement. You know what the word wonder means? This word wonder is a little bit different than the other word wonder in the New Testament. This word wonder means to be dumbfounded. It means to be dumbfounded. It means to be rendered immovable. I'm in total shock. What did I just see? I want to be dumbfounded. And then the word amazement, this is a really cool world word. Some of you might know this word from your past. It's the word ecstasy. Some of you are like, huh? But actually, the word is, is, the word is ecstatic. That's the Greek word, ecstatic or ecstasy. And the word ecstasy means to be rendered completely out of your mind to be pulled out of your mind and fixated on the event, so much so that everything, you forgot about everything else around you. That's what happens to me in the secret place a lot. I'm filled with wonder and amazement. And when God does something supernatural through his power, it brings ecstatic, dumbfounded, completely wild, incredible fixation on the beauty of who he is. And that's what happened. And the story goes on to say in Acts 4, that Peter and John got arrested, they got thrown in jail, and immediately the church grew to 5,000. It went from, it grew 2,000 people because of one man being held uh, healed and two ap- apostles getting thrown in jail. Go figure. How do you put a formula on that? Now listen, if you heal somebody and get arrested, the church is going to grow by 2,000. I mean, you can't put a formula on that. And so I'm going to leave you with this. Nathan, if you'd come up. I'd like to ask my prayer partners to come up. We can go ahead and move this. This is such a fun teaching, and I have so much to talk about in regards to it, but I've run out of time, unfortunately. But let me leave you with a couple things, and then we're going to pray for you, okay? One of the greatest things that God uses to fascinate people is prophecy. In 1 Corinthians 14, 24, and 25, it says, When an unbeliever comes in and we're prophesying... They're going to, the secrets of their heart, look at the scripture, comes in. He's convinced by all and convicted by all, verse 25, because the secrets of his heart were revealed. So he falls on his face and worships God and reports that truly God is among you, the power of prophecy. Every one of you should be prophetic because the Holy Spirit is prophecy, the spirit of prophecy. And so through the Holy Spirit, through confidence, through boldness, through prophecy, what happens? Look what happens. People get transformed. It's important for you to know that many false prophets are going to try to deceive you through signs and wonders. Remember that. But you're going to know it's of Jesus when they're proclaiming the lordship of Christ and their life is living it. That's Mark 13:2 That says many false prophets are going to try to deceive you through signs and wonders. So keep your eyes open and make sure that you know and understand that, it's got to proclaim the lordship of Jesus Christ, and there must be fruit. Every tree, you know, a tree by its fruit. Okay? I don't have time to tell you this great story. I've taught on it before. I love it. It's Acts 8. Simon the sorcerer is considered the great power of God. In Acts chapter 8, he's bewitched the whole city to think that it was God. This guy's doing sorcery, and people are thinking, calling him the great power of God. Here comes Philip, little old apostle Philip. And suddenly people start get born and getting baptized. He starts one up and two up and three up in Simon, the sorcerer. And then Simon, the sorcerer, says, I want what you've got. Yeah. And now the head sorcerer, the head palm reader, gets born again. That's what I want to see happen here at Rock City. And the scripture that I love so much that I'm going to leave you with, that ties it all together for all of us is Psalm 34.8. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. You can't just stare at the sushi roll, at the delicious burger. You can't just look at a picture of another country. You got to go there sometimes to experience it, right? Okay. And so what happens is, is when you taste something, your eyes are open. You are not going to see until you have a tasting experience. So I I can teach it. I can talk about it. We're going to look at all these people ready to pray for you. I mean, we should have a power prayer showdown today with the Holy Ghost. And you, got, you can't keep saying, why do I keep hearing about it elsewhere and it's not happening to me? You can't keep saying, why in Africa and not in America? You can't keep saying, like Gideon even said, if everything the angel of the Lord is saying is true, where have you been? He's here and now, and we're going to pray, and we're going for it. Yeah. And I invite you guys to get hungry for more and to come on Wednesday nights. I invite you guys to not be afraid to pray for your neighbor and lay hands on people out at the grocery store don't be afraid to prophesy come on the most they can tell you is no and even if you look foolish guess what paul said i'm a fool for christ okay so you taste and see that the lord is what 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 he is good so when you taste you see hence you know that he is good i know god is good and I know in my most difficult hour, he's there with me. I don't sometimes feel him, but I've learned to not be moved by my feelings. I've learned to trust. And God is on the move. So today's your day. If you're wanting more, God knew the word you had to hear. If you're sick in your body, you need healing. If you've been struggling mentally, tormented, if you want to be used more, look, look at this power team. They're going to, they're going to prophesy. i oh, man, they're just going to cut loose. They're going to just, Let you have it. Don't be afraid. (laughs) Don't be afraid. Tear down the walls and say, I'm going after you, Lord. I want signs and wonders, and I want to be a sign. Let's say it together. I want to be a sign and wonder. And I already am because of Jesus. I'm a child prodigy of the King of Kings. Let's all stand. You have been listening to a message from David Bendett, Senior Pastor of Rock City Church in beautiful Corpus Christi, Texas. David's prayer is for a deeper understanding of God's love and purpose for your life, and that all of us would grow into a greater awareness of our identity in Christ. Thank you for listening, and until next time, stay fired up.